0: Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast.
1: Hello and welcome. Welcome. To another episode of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis as the, the 20 the 2021-22 NBL season slowly approaches. We're still two months away from it, but plenty happening in the world, especially at the Adelaide 36ers since we did our last show. The club no longer has a head coach, so we'll get onto that on this show. And we'll hear from two of the new recruits. So we'll get to all of that shortly here on Sixers Fix. But the man you've all tuned in to hear from, he's now back to full health. He's fully vaccinated. He's the only man that's been involved in every Adelaide 36ers NBL championship. Chip, Scott Ninnis, how do we find you this week?
2: Oh, mate, the arm's a little bit sore still, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, full bill of health. Uh, it would be fair to say the, uh, the second jab uh, put me out of action for a little while, but, uh, mate, that's a small price to pay. Uh, hopefully we can look at, you know, borders reopening at some stage and my business can go back to normal. Mm. But, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah it, did, it knocked me around for a little bit, but uh, I'd certainly still encourage... Uh, Anybody out there to uh, to get it and help get uh, life back to back to some
1: sort of sense of normality? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got my second jab next week as well. So next time we we record an episode of Sixers Fix, we'll both be fully vaccinated, and we encourage everybody <laughs> everybody else to to join us. Um, speaking of your business, Premium Wine Tours. Later on in this episode, Scott, I'm going to provide you with a a whole bunch of stories that our listeners have sent through on why they should have won the prize from last season of, of a special tour for four with, with you and your company. Um, so you've, you're going to have a hard choice to make. There's some, there's some really good cases that people are making, but we need to follow through on our word from last season, and you might not be getting a lot of paid business right right now, Scott, but you're going to be awarding a special prize to one of our listeners later on, on in the show
2: well i'm available mate there's uh, there's no <laughs> doubt about that when you when your business is about 95% down uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't have any problems in finding a date and uh look mate just a, just a reason to get out of the house i'd be mm-hmm. very excited to uh take some people out in the wine tour and show them out the beautiful wines that we do
1: have in this state. And, of course, we need to make sure Daniel Johnson knows that he's got a prize to cash in as well from winning the MVP award from, from last last season. And, of course, later on in this show, we'll hear from two of two of the new recruits for the thirty sixes as well. I was able to catch up with with both Tad Duffelmeyer and Marnie Malu, So we'll hear from both of those. Um, later in the show. We caught up with Mitch McCarron on our last episode. That was a great chat and he's, he's going to be a fantastic recruit for this 36ers team, whoever the coach turns out to be, Scott.
2: He will be, yeah. And, and I guess now's probably a good time to, to talk yeah. about the coach. Yeah, uh, can't look, avoid I, No, and look, yeah, you know, first thing oh, I just feel really, really devastated for Connor Henry. Um, you and I both had uh, a lot to do with him, and, and Brett and myself with you know what we do in our in our role with the club as community coaches. And uh, oh, I just feel so sorry for him. It is uh, it is the nature of the beast. Uh, I've been through it myself, as as a lot of people have, and it's there's there's no no great upside to it. Um, but you know, just. For him to travel back into the country, under, undergo two weeks of quarantine, and and have a team that um, you know he's he's obviously had a fair bit of input into, it's it's really disappointing, but it's um, unfortunately that's that it's a ruthless game this business, mm. and uh, um, you know we I know everyone will wish him all the best for the future and, and, and uh, I've, I've reached out to him and uh, uh, hopefully we can catch up at some stage uh, in the not too distant future and, and sit down over maybe over one of those lovely glasses of uh, McLaren Vale Barossa red wines and uh, have a chat about things but so hopefully you know all things considering he's he's doing the best as he can and uh you know, we can now get on to you know, putting putting the right next you know, hopefully the right man in the job and uh, and move forward because it's not that far away. Um, yeah, you know, we'd be expected to get into pre season training relatively shortly, I, w- I would imagine. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what's uh yeah, what's
1: thrown up over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, before we get into some of the, I guess, finer details, I just I wanted to thank Connor for the, his support last season. He's 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 obviously asked the coach segment. Thanks to Sportscard World, was a big hit on our show. He made himself available each and every episode. And yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I've known for 15 years now. Obviously, I knew him when he was he was in Perth, firstly as an assistant coach to Scott Fisher. Then he took over as head coach there. And unfortunately, I've now seen him seen him get 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 sacked from from both clubs that he's been at that. I was involved with both at the at the time, so it was a it was a really tough exit when he when he lost his job with the Wildcats after that that John really and Corey Williams final loss that, that they suffered at home and and I think this one's probably even tougher for him to take. I I think I was I was shocked to hear the news and I think Connor, in all fairness, was pretty surprised to hear the news when he was over in in quarantine still that the club had made made this decision. Um, what do, what do you know about the reasons behind it and? No, did you have any inclination that it was even on the cards?
2: Oh, no, mate, but but just before we get into that, it sounds like you're the common denominator, mate. You've been <laughs> the does. one involved. Uh, yeah, he might want to avoid job, me he the next stop, time you get to stop job stop absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I I mean, there hasn't been a lot come out about it. I mean, I, I've, I've had conversations with, with the ownership uh, uh, group here, and, you know, they, they haven't. So I don't think there's any... Sort of deep, dark secrets. I think they maybe just felt that um, that they weren't all completely on the same page moving forward. I think what what surprised a lot of people was the timing of it. Um, I think if you know, if at the end of last season, um, you know, kind of kind of had been released from his contract, I think people then go, well, okay, the the, the season didn't live up to expectations. Uh, we didn't get the results we wanted. We're moving in a different direction. I think if that was done. I mean, I'm not saying that, mm. that should have been done, but sure. I mean, I think people then sort of go, well, okay, that we, we understand that. The club's moving in a new direction. I think what happens now is that people go, well, hang on, what, 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 why is the timing now? So, but I, I don't think there was anything sinister about it. I think Connor is, is very, very highly regarded by, um, well, I know he's very, very highly regarded by, um, by Grant Kelly and Jeff Van Groningen as a, as a human. We, we know he's just a, just a really, really good bloke. Um, yeah. but, uh, they obviously felt for whatever reason that they needed to move in another direction. Um, I, and I'm very excited, as we've spoken about before, with with the makeup of this team. It, it, it's going to be tough when you start going through, you know, the NBL teams one through nine there's a lot of talent, a lot of talented teams here, but I think we've got the talent that, uh, you know, if, if the import is advertised, I think we've got the, the team that can uh, can compete. So it's a, re- it goes without saying, it's a re- really important decision to be made now. You know, to bring in the right type of person. You know, we can't just keep. Uh, uh, you know, having to pay coaches out midway through their contract, that's, that's not good for, for anyone. Um, you, you know, the club, uh, you know, financially, you know, needs, needs to be heading in the right direction, and, and I'm sure it will be. So it is a really, really key decision to get it right and uh, to be able to maximise, you know, the talent that we're going to be able to put on the floor this year.
1: Yeah, so as far as I know, Connor's assistants from last season, Jamie Perlman and Liam Flynn, were coming back this season do you know if they will still be on board now for this coming season and I guess for now they'll be the ones taking preseason training and would you consider either either of those two a serious contender for the, the head coaching job?
2: Well I asked a question about Jamie Perlman and uh, you know the undertaking was that yeah the, he was certainly safe in his position as as that lead assistant coach and, and I, I would imagine you know, if they're doing the due diligence, you wouldn't rule anything out at this stage. Mm. So, you know, Jamie, I, I think probably was was being groomed to, you know, to, to, as a as a head coach down the track. You know, whether whether that's fast track to to now, I, I'm not sure. Um, I've I've honestly got no uh, no intel as, as to Liam Flynner, and I suppose you know, as a with a new head coach coming in you know, they might like to have some sort of say in, in what their support staff is, whether they do or not. Mm. Um, cause they're not going to get much input into into the team because the team's basically set. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I was I was concerned about Jamie. I, I reached out to him as well, and as far as he's concerned, uh, he's okay, and, um, and and I got that I got that from the from the club itself as well. So um, uh, once again, there's there's a bit to play out here with uh, you know with getting a new coach, and we'll uh, watch with interest over the next uh, whatever period of time it is until that decision's made.
1: Now. I want to I want to have a chat to you about some potential candidates in, in a moment but first of all the only the biggest concern I have about a new coach coming in is that he's going to be coaching a team that he's had absolutely no say over the players that he's going to be coaching. So the playing squad is pretty much much set. I think there's still one one or two spots there still to be to be filled, and, and that's it. So there's you, you've got one import spot and and one local spot to be filled and and the development players, and the rest of the squad is already signed for this coming season. Um, as a head coach coming in, how tough is it knowing that somebody else has selected the team that you're going to be in charge of?
2: I guess there's, there's probably a two-part answer to that, mate. There'd be some coaches that would be uh, – yeah, would not be on board with that. They would yep. want to mold their own team and put it together. On, on the other hand, you know, if I was offered a team that had uh, Mitch McCarron and Isaac Comfries and Daniel Johnson and
3: Mojave King
2: to import, I think that, that could be something that could be quite exciting. Sure. So it's not like you're inheriting a, you know, a team that's, uh, that doesn't have a lot of talent. I mean, I, I think that that's exciting. So yep. that, that, to me would be attractive to a to a coach coming in, sure you're not going to have a lot of say in the in the final roster um but once again it's not like you're inheriting a team that you know that you've got no uh, no chance of winning games or making the playoffs i think it's uh it's exciting for a coach to look at that sort of talent and go you know and especially you know the way they finished last year and the record they had, you would imagine there's only one way to go and that's up from the, I'm talking now from a win loss yep. point of view so so for me, it's, uh, you know, if, I, if I'm presented with that sort of talent, uh, uh, I'm pretty excited, you know? But, um, it, you know, but it comes down to, to the coach and, and what their expectations are of the team, I suppose.
1: I absolutely think that this decision means that this team has to make finals. I think, I think that's a statement that's pretty clear from the club's management that, they they give they put the talent that they t- they have put the talent together there that is good enough, but I get the feeling that they thought that Connor potentially wasn't the man to get them to where they should be. So I think whoever the new coach will be, I think there's an expectation that it's almost finals or bust, and and that comes with pressure. But as you said, this is a this is a squad that whoever is coach I think should be expecting to play finals because I I think it's one of the more talented rosters that any of the teams across the league has put together.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, Grant Kelly's message, you know, every time I speak to him and every time I see him interviewed, you know, the championship is what he's about. And, you know, he, he's he's desperate to, to bring that, you know, back to this, to this city after you know what's now almost a 20-year absence. And, and as we know... That's easier said than done, but um, that would be his expectation at at a bare minimum, I think. And I think it's time to, to, you know, we draw a line in the sand and and get this team back in the finals, you know, year in year out. Um, You give yourself that opportunity, you develop some consistency, you know, you get the core of the group to stay together, and that's what I like about having a Mitch McCarran who's going to be here for three years. Um, you know, Daniel Johnson could play for another couple of years and Isaac Comfrey is, is you know, got many, many years to come. If you can hold that core of the team together and start making the final four every year, well, then, you know, you're going you're gonna to win a championship, you know, at some point of time. So I think it's, uh, I think it's certainly finals is, would be the expectation for this team at, at a bare minimum, and rightly so. But, yeah, you know, when you start looking at the league, well, you, you know Perth are going to be in the finals. You know, Melbourne United and Sydney, you'd imagine talent-wise. Well, it doesn't leave a lot of wriggle room. And, you know, well, you've got the, a gorgeous coach in the the Hawks, like Warr- got,
1: the Hawks look like they've got even better too. Absolutely.
2: A gorgeous coach in
4: the team. So it's certainly not just the walk-up start, but um, I, I like what they were doing at Patricks last year, especially before Isaac Cumphins went down. Uh, I've said it before. I love the addition of Mitch McTown, which which makes us, instantly better and tougher and better defensively. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I don't see why this would be any expectation Lesson, lesson, finals coming into
1: this next season. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, um, let me throw some potential coaching names at you and, and get your reaction. You can say yes or no, or you can give me a more detailed answer if you think they would be a good fit or not. Um, let me start with an experienced head coach who I'm surprised isn't coaching in the league still, Rob Beveridge.
4: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Like, he, he just, uh, I, I'm not quite sure, you know, I was talking to, to Marzi about this last night. I, I'm just not sure what, what's, what's happened there. There's been jobs available and he hasn't got them and that's continued for a while and it just seems that he's, out of favour mm. or out of the loop and I, I don't really understand why because he's it, it, shown that he can, you know, he can he can coach a, you know, you know, great squads. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not really sure what the what the answer there would he be right for this group? Um, I I, <laughs> yeah, he, I don't I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what he's been doing and and, and what it yeah. You know, he was he coaching really in the New
3: Zealand League like this past past season. Yeah.
4: yeah. So, He's still he's still coaching, um, you know. He, he's got the runs on the board. I'd be I'd be surprised if they haven't. At least asked the question. I yep. think when you get to this point in time, you know, you probably don't want to disalign one or two people. You, you want to make sure that you do your due diligence and, and reach out to a number of people. But um, yeah, I, I I don't really have an opinion either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and once again, I think because it it came with such a shock that that, that kind of <laughs> release that. Yeah, we weren't thinking he was the next coach of the 36ers it was going to be because we had one. So So mm. um, yeah, so I, I I don't know. I just I just find it strange that um, that he, he hasn't had a gig for a number of years
1: now. Yep. There's a couple of assistant coaches currently signed to clubs, but I wonder if there's a now closing contract to be able to take a head coaching job. So I'll I'll mention a couple of them to you. The first one is a very interesting one, Mike Kelly.
4: Yeah, well, I, I think um, you know we, we know that the caliber of a person like is. Um, we know what he brought to the table as a as a player. Um, and he's one of the most, oh, I guess, liked and revered people in, in the competition. Yeah, so yep. um, it'd interesting. I mean, it, it's hard to get a gauge, you know, when you're coaching those teams. Teams and obviously they were devastated by injuries, mm. and they, you know, they didn't have the talent that other teams did. I, I was surprised some of the expectations that you know people were putting on them before the start of last year, which I thought were ridiculous. You, know, you can't take out you know, DJ Neville, who's your, your leading school yeah. and the best defender in the league, and, and expect you're getting it better. Yep. Um, like, to me, that, that was just ludicrous. So it, it's really hard to gauge, I think, what he did in terms last year as to, as to whether he can coach or not. Um but uh yeah, I think that he would have excellent respect from some people, um and um he could do a lot worse, I suppose.
1: Another one who's just resigned as an assistant coach in Brisbane, but I think I think he's a head coach in the making at some point is CJ Bruton?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, like talked about a decorated career mm. and uh you know, he's been an assistant for a long, long time and uh uh, yeah, I think, I think CJ at some stage will get, get his opportunity. Um, I, I think he's probably, probably at that. Yeah. Um, obviously, as I was saying, his career is a glittering one and speaks for itself. You, you know, it's, it's just. Yeah, it's, it's a really tricky one because they've got to get this decision right. Mm. And do you think know, you're trusting someone who hasn't had a head coaching opportunity before? Do go to try to trust a you know, route um, or do just go for something outside the box? That's why I'm, I'm really interested yeah. to, see, to see who they who they come up with. Uh, you know, another name that, that was being banded around was, was John Millie. Yeah, he he's the
1: next one on my list for you.
4: Yeah, he's obviously a championship player here in the 1998 championship, um, and has been in the coaching system, since
1: he stopped playing. And, um, and he was also I, 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 he was also right there in the running for the Wildcats job. I think I think he he finished just behind Scott Morris on it, Morrison in the in the running for that job. Yeah,
4: and I and I, I love Dale. I got on. Really well with him in his time in Adelaide, and um, uh, is a real student of the game. I mean, there's a guy that lives, eats, and breathes basketball more than probably anyone I've ever known. And uh, you know, the, the examples he set as a player, uh, you know, like he was, you know, talked about first in the gym, last out of I it, mean, all that bullshit that people always talk about. But well, that was him. Hmm. Like he was. I remember sitting there in my year in council with finish playing. I'm sitting on the sideline with Brad Neely and Kelvin Henderson and Michael Seed and a couple of these other young kids. And, and, and John Lee's out there shooting and, like, he did not miss shots. When he was, and Lisa, I can't remember who it was, just said, uh, I can't believe what a good shooting was. And I turned to them and I said, That's because he's out there and you're just him. You know what like, <laughs> yep. Not rocket right
3: science.
4: So, yeah, he's going to bring, and I'd imagine, I, I don't know, what, you know much about what his coaches, or I don't know anything about what his coach's philosophies are, but, you know, I, think, I i can only imagine that he would, uh, if he put some time and effort into coaching he did as a player, then uh, I could imagine
1: he would make an outstanding coach. Mm. Okay, so I think I think those are the leading local candidates, but the trend seems to be to be going for somebody from the United States and, and who's fresh out of the G League. Um, I get the feeling they might, be too, they might have missed the boat there, or, or do you still think that's, that's possible that they, they pull somebody totally out of their hats from, from the U.S.?
4: Oh, I think anything's
3: possible.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, who thought the Conor Haney was <laughs> going to be yeah. the, the, the head coach? I mean, that sort of came from nowhere. And, uh, um, so, yeah, I, I think anything, anything's possible. I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see an Aussie enrolled but that's just feeling... Um, <laughs> to, you know, to, to you know, promote local coaches mm. and, and have you know, you know the, the up and coming gym coaches to, to be able to see there's something to aspire to at coaching at the highest level in uh, in the country. But um, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they're are thinking. Uh, other than the fact that I know they'd be you know leaving no stone unturned to get the right person for the job, and um, let's, let's hope that sooner sooner rather
1: than later. Mm. Now, let me put you on the spot for a second because I think the club would be not doing their due diligence if they didn't pick the brains of you and Brett Ma while they're doing this job. Uh, Are you going to be involved in the process at all? Not to my understanding. I
4: know that um, Brett spoke to Grant Kelly a couple of days ago and and Grant did mention about getting Brett and yourself in for a bit of a chat at that point in time. You know, Brett, Brett was being faced by a couple of TV stations here about doing an interview, and he just wanted to make sure he was on the same page as as Grant was as far as uh, you know what was what was uh, what coming out of his mm. mouth, but. Um, Look I you know, look, I I'm happily. I mean it's, this club this club's been my life for twenty years. I I'd been, been more than happy to, to you know, be founded out or, or you know, in any way and I, I've said to, I said this to I've said this is to have been last week. I mean it's been there's any way that I can help in, in any small part, um, I'd be happy to put my hand up. So um, yeah, and, and Brett's the same. I mean, you know, like, you know, you know the quality of person that Brett is, and, uh, you know, we'd both be willing to help in, in any, any small way that we can. Did,
1: did any of those names really jump out at you? If you... Is, this, is there one of those people that I mentioned that would have really excited you when you think about them taking over the job or is there is there anyone that we didn't mention that you might have in mind or you know how, how are you feeling about the potential for whoever gets appointed?
4: It's funny my first impression when I heard that kind was released was that they must have had there must have been someone that they had in the wings mm. to do this yep. uh, and I guess because it happened so suddenly and you know I mean the first question a lot of people ask is well why did they bring them back to the States and mm-hmm. that was uh, you know, some of the suggestions that they must have someone in the wing. So, you know, we um, um, you know, we have to go, it's Brown or Matt Nielsen or it's John or, or someone of, uh, you know, really high, high quality. Um, that, to me, well, would seem not to be the case. But I think mm-hmm. that would have been announced by now. or yeah, something, I think something so. like that. Yep. I think, um, once again, I, I don't know his, his coaching credentials. Um, like one of the names we spoke about, I, I, I think John really would be great. I love the fact that he's a, a past chance that winning with the 36ers. Um, but, like you know, I'm not basing that on any knowledge or or, or anything. I, I'm, I'm sure I'll make the right decision because because they need to, you know, they need to get someone here, get some stability back, uh, you know, to the coaching ranks, and, and, you know, to just make sure that we hit the ground running in that uh, first game and uh, and we're good to go so who that is I'm, I'm waiting with baby for everybody else <laughs> yep. I'm
1: starting to see it and uh, yeah I, I hope that it happens soon. yeah I agree with you I think JR is the one that stands out Um, and I thought he also stood out for the the Wildcats job I thought he would, would have been a great fit for that job so naturally I think he would be a great fit for, for this job as as well Um, but just because of the circumstances I can't help but think this could be a good job for Rob Beveridge because I think this is a really tough position to walk into if you're a first time head coach. So if it's somebody with experience who's been there before, he can sort of pick up right right and, and knows what to do to get it done. So um those are probably the two names that stand out to me. But we'll we'll wait and see. When we have when we record our next episode, we might very well be talking to the new the new head coach. So we'll we'll wait and see what what transpires. Um now we'll keep moving here on Sixes Fix. Scott, I'm about to catch up with a couple of the new recruits. What can you tell me about your thoughts on Tad Dufelmeyer and Manny Marlowe coming on board for the 36ers this season and what are you looking forward to hearing, hearing from them?
4: Well, I think it's just exciting to have to say it with all I guess, just, to, just to hear a little bit about uh, their journey and, and how do I get to this point. I think Todd Bicklewell is going to be uh, very disappointed because he doesn't get to play against the same system anymore. Cause, cause yeah. he, does, it's just, uh, he did, he did. So, uh, he did. Uh, it's, it's good it to have to with our talents, and, and I think it gives us, uh, you know, gives us, gives us some youth and excitement and... Uh, Someone yeah, something that could come in and, and impact the game uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I've spoken before about playing against his dad, which yeah. every time that happens, you, you start feeling how old. You really are. Mm-hmm. And his dad was one of the most talented one on one players that I've, I've never seen and ever played against. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, about, uh, yeah uh,
1: uh, 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 I'll make sure I speak to him about his dad too when we hear from him.
4: You talk about breaking ankles. Uh, Ted Dieter, my senior, would have had a whole highlight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's all over the East Coast, even the 20s. So, so yeah, it's just, uh, just yeah, I'm just excited about uh, yeah, a couple of new players in the
1: team. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. Fantastic. Okay, let's hear from the first one. Let's start with Tadulfo. My here on here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Okay, back here on Sixes Fix with Scott Ninnis, and really looking forward to to our next guest. And he did a lot of a lot of impressive things last season at the Cairns Taipans, and I think a lot of clubs around the league were pretty excited to try to add him to their to their roster for this coming season. And luckily enough, it was the 36ers that secured his signature, and we're lucky enough to have him have him on the show this week as well here on Sixers Fix. Tad, thanks very much for for joining us. All right,
0: thanks for having me.
1: I guess first of all, the obvious question: What sort of options did you have to weigh up at, by the end of of last season, and why did you end up choosing the the Thirty Sixers?
0: Um, I had a bit of interest uh, after the end of last season. Mm. Thought I'd put on a good, pretty good showing to set myself up for this coming season, and the Sixers reached out and they were pretty adamant and um, had good things to say. So I just, I just liked the vibe they were giving off, and thought I could. Uh, see my talents flourishing there, so that's why i chose. chosen.
1: No, fantastic. And I guess before we dig a bit deeper into that, where are you right now? Are you Are you still down in, in, in Hobart and, and how are you finding things down there? And is your NBL one season going ahead right now or, or what sort of situation are you are you finding yourself in?
0: Uh, yeah, still in, still in Hobart right now, uh, in a bit of a limbo right now, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's going to happen with the rest of the season, how they're going to go about it. You now if they will go straight into finals or if they will just can the whole thing. So it's just, just playing it by ear at this point and hopefully, hopefully something gets figured out within the next couple of days.
1: It's a, it's a strange old world, isn't it? And we, we spoke to Mitch McCarron recently on the show as well and he wants to get to Adelaide as soon as he can, but he doesn't want to get there and have to go through two weeks of quarantine once he does get there or two weeks of isolation. Is that, is that the situation you'd be in if you come to Adelaide pretty soon? Um, or, or are you actually okay coming think- from Tasmania?
0: I think we're okay coming okay. from Tasmania. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get there as well, just trying to figure things out and obviously have to set up shop down there. I haven't been to South, South Australia too many times before, mm. so I'm, I'm excited and ready for it.
1: Yeah, have played some good basketball there, though. Do you have some good memories of heading there last season? I do,
0: I do. I, I think I said this um, in my first interview with the Sixes. a uh, bit of chit-chat back and forth with the fans. So I do like the energy they bring to the games and I'm, I'm happy to be playing for them instead of against them this time. Yes,
1: yeah, it's, it's good fun. And last season, especially when we, oh, there was times when you played in front of no crowds, there was times when, especially in Melbourne and Sydney, the crowds were very small. But Adelaide was one of the few places in the country that got big crowds last season. So I'm sure you would have enjoyed that atmosphere and you'll be even looking forward to more having, having that big crowd on, on your side now from, from going forward
0: yeah just like I said before, definitely um driving that atmosphere, having the fans there is just another element to the game that you know I think most players love, and I do so myself. I think it brings the best out of me, especially when you know there's there's naysayers here and there, but it's it's even funner when you're on they're on your side, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: I was lucky enough to watch a lot of your games pretty closely last season. I had the Taipans with some of the work I do for, for that club as well. And speaking to Alex Loudon every week about you, we were so excited about seeing seeing your progression and just how you were able to grab grab your opportunity. Obviously, you were a develop, development player and it, it took an injury for you to get that chance. But once you got the chance, you you just grabbed it and, and, and ran with it. How, how much hard work, firstly, did you put in to make sure you were ready for whenever a chance came up? And... How excited were you once you finally got on the court and could show what you were capable of?
0: Um, you know, I pride myself on my work, my work ethic. I think it's gotten to me to the where to the point where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you don't wish Ill upon anybody and the injuries happened, but when the, when it did happen, I knew it would. My chance may come, and uh, I was ready for it. Just uh, preparing for it for probably you know, close to a year and a half being a development player and then being there as a training player as well. So I was just waiting by my time, trying to pick up knowledge and develop, you know, where I could. And uh, when the opportunity came, just trying to run with it as well. So pretty proud of myself for how I did.
1: Oh, so you should be. And some of those early games when you first came in, especially when Scotty Machado missed a couple of games, you just, I mean, Mike Kelly had the faith in you to go out and and, and run the point guard spot in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, you come out and have, you had a big game against Adelaide, I remember. You came out and hit the game-winning shot against against New Zealand. Um, you were just able to make some big plays. And, and a lot of that must have been confidence, but also faith in, like you said, the hard work that you had put in to make sure you were you were ready.
0: Yeah, you know, those, those countless hours spent in the gym, you know, just thinking when when is my opportunity going to come? Where is it going to come? Just preparing for myself uh, best I could for, you know, the situations I did think I was going to see during the game. Having I mean, being in the position that I play, and obviously shouts out to Mike Kelly for um, giving me the opportunity and having faith in me to do so. And even, you know, the guys on the team trusted me to, you know, put them in positions to be successful and helping me vice versa so it was just it was a good good start to the career and hopefully uh, you know be start and we'll have more memories down the line
1: how tough is it to remain positive obviously we see we see a lot of players be able to make this transition from a development player and then earn their way into a full roster spot and make a Professional career for themselves, but we probably see just as many guys that that don't make that chance and and go from being a development player and don't end up getting a chance at NBL level and end up settling, you know, as a state league player and and that's that's just their their lot in life. But how tough was it to remain positive during that that long stretch that you were in Cairns without getting the chance? And how hopeful were you that that chance would always come come your way if you just kept 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 the faith? Um.
0: No, I'd, I'd give a lot of uh, praise to my parents for instilling that in me that, you know, if you work, your time will come and the opportunity will present itself. So mm. I'd be also lying if I said, you know, I knew it was just around the corner or it was easy the whole time. There's definitely testing times throughout the process of, you know, leading up to my opportunity, you know, it you know how much longer do I, do I stick this out? Do I need to look for the different route? All those things definitely crossed my mind, but. Um, Once again, you know, my parents instilled that in me from day one from, you know, just in life. Just if you put in the the hard work, uh, the opportunity will present itself and, you know, you'll be paid off if you do all the right things.
1: The the thing I love about your game is that you're a, a two way guard as well, and and you just give as much energy at the defensive end as you do offensively. And you know, at the offensive end, you you can shoot the ball, you can you can run the point, you can take the ball to the rack. But defensively, it looks like you really thrive on the chance to to lock down on some of the opposition's best players as well. Have you always taken pride in the fact that you're a, you're a two way player?
0: Um, it, it's funny that that's mentioned. That was definitely not always the the focal point of my. My game uh, growing up, I had to you know carry the offensive load a lot for other teams growing up. Sure. But uh, I also saw that as an opportunity to find my spot within within the roster and getting an opportunity. You know, just uh, you know, you can you can always bring that energy on the defensive end. So I thought that was my way, the best way I could showcase. You know, trying to get more trust from the coaching staff, from my teammates, is just picking up on that end, and also knowing. You know, there's, there's tough guys on every team at, at that position. So if I can, you know, compete on that level and show uh, my talent on both ends of the floor, you know, give me a better opportunity to stay on the floor.
1: Last season was an interesting one. Obviously, it was. It turned out good for you because you got your first real chance to show what you could do in the NBL. But as a team, it didn't turn out. Too great, and you know, as a whole league, it was who was difficult to deal with 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 just the uncertainty and you know, going to the NBL Cup for that six weeks in Melbourne and and you know, just the unknown of it all. Um, how challenging of a season was it to get through as happy as you would have been at the same time to be actually getting to to get on the court?
0: Um, I think I was in a little bit of a different boat from most other people, sure. In in the terms, you know, I don't I don't have a lot of uh, responsibilities outside of playing basketball, Mm -hmm. and I've also set set myself up that way. And you know, I I love basketball; I'll play it just about for free. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it it helps that I do get paid for this profession, but um, you know, I was willing to adapt and be flexible in any situation that came up. So I was just happy to be on the court, even practicing and just, you know. Uh, Pre-COVID, that was that was the uh, the main re- reason I actually went back to Cairns in the first place. They didn't promise me anything or anything like that. I just actually wanted access to a basketball court, mm-hmm. so that's how it started out. the The courts were closed in Canberra where I'm based out of, so I, I thought, you know, let me just go back up to Cairns and have access to a basketball court and see what comes from there.
1: Yeah, it worked out well, obviously. Um... <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a lot of us were shocked um, in between the your second last game and, and last game of the season when the news about mike Kelly came out um, as a playing group did it take you by surprise as much as it did the rest of us
0: yeah definitely did um, weren't expecting that at all mm. um, it's a tentative situation not really sure how to go about it and you know it was, a, it was an awkward energy around it but we we all appreciated the, the work that he did and and at least the work he did for me throughout the season, so it was, it was tough to you know see that arise, but you know it's part of the business.
1: Looking at the roster, you've be, be, you'll be becoming part of as well. It, it looks pretty exciting. They've been able to keep that front court together with with Isaac Humphries and 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 DJ. But the backcourt now, that you're able to, to join up with Mitch McCarran. Sunday Sunday Detch is still there, um, and you you come along with Mojave King and a couple of imports as well. Um, do you like the look of the team that you're you're joining?
0: Oh, I definitely do. Uh, people I've been speaking to about the situation. I'm, I'm really excited about how the team is looking and shaping up. You know, for me, from my standpoint, you know, I just like competing. There's a lot of talented guys on the roster, so I'm happy just to, with the day in and day out stuff. Let alone, you know, competing for a championship. I think it's it's shaping up to be a really good team.
1: Now, obviously, you're... Your t- Tad Dillimore Junior. Your dad came out here to play as an import. How much of an impact did he have on your playing career? And and does he does he ever pull out some old tapes of him playing? And do you think you might have surpassed him just yet as a as a player?
0: Um, you know, I I can't really put into words what he's done for me. Mm. You know, just from a uh, development standpoint, from being my father and just guiding me throughout that. The things I've gone through, we've had similar uh, basketball careers up until this point.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He's a bit, he's a bit older, yep. older parents, so I haven't seen too many tapes of him playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard many war stories from people around the league and other players and stuff about his greatness and things he did. So it does, it does leave me a bit jealous that I wasn't able to, you mm-hmm. know, see him in his prime or he was playing on the court. But the things he's taught me himself are, are invaluable and. You know, there's a competitive streak, so I don't, I don't know who's better at this point. But I'm definitely trying to, trying to work to be better than him for sure.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, there's always a lot of old 36ers players around the club as well. Two of them you'll get to know pretty quickly are Scott Ninnis, the co-host of this show, and Brett Maher. Um, out of those two, who would you be looking forward to picking the brain, brain of the most?
0: Um, <laughs> I'm not just, really sure. Just remember sure. who I, the co-host
1: I, of the show is. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I really want to answer that question. <laughs> I'll say both of them equally. You know, definitely oh. picking the brain of anyone that that came before and passed down knowledge. I'm, I'm all ears and trying to be a sponge for that. And about the careers they both had, so just just really looking forward to being around. You know, more in the, the league and yeah, just soaking up and trying to trying to build on the things that they've already presented.
1: Mm, very good, very well well handled. Um, just finally, what are you looking forward to about? About Adelaide. It's a, it's a it's a it's a very nice city, as is Cairns. So I'm sure you enjoyed your time up in up in Cairns, but away from the yeah. basketball, what are you looking forward to experiencing once you get to Adelaide?
5: Um
0: I think just the, the whole situation itself, everything's pretty new to me. I was thinking about it before before I signed. I I have um you know, a lot of people I've played with or against spread out throughout the country, obviously playing basketball. In Australia, it's a pretty small community, um, possible community within itself. But mm. South Australia is definitely relatively new in terms of even playing man people I know. So I'm just looking forward to, you know, immersing myself in a new new space and new opportunity.
1: No, fantastic. We're looking forward to having you here as well and had, had a great time catching up with you, Tad. We look forward to doing more of that during the season. And, and for now, I hope you get to finish your season there in Hobart and we'll see you when you get to Adelaide. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it too. Here we go. Okay, back here on Six is Fixed with Scott Ninnison. Really looking forward to chatting to our next guest, and, and I think everybody in Adelaide is looking forward to seeing what he can do on the court as well. Manny Marlowe's is one of the, the new additions to the Adelaide 36ers for the upcoming season, and he's been kind enough to join us here on Sixers Fix. Manny, I think you're up in up in Mackay right now. How's how's life treating you?
5: Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, firstly, on, uh, on the podcast. Really excited to come down. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm out here in Mackay, and I'm um, yeah, just finishing up the season. But it's yeah, it's been great so far. I've been here a few months now, and I uh, can't really complain about the weather. And, uh, you know, we, you, we don't really get cases up here for COVID. So, yeah, still living good.
1: I know Cairns is actually in lockdown right now, so you're not too far away from there, but you've managed to managed to avoid that.
5: Yeah, yeah, Cairns went straight into lockdown recently. Uh, yeah, but you have just been lucky. Uh, no one's really been getting any cases here, so you yeah, have been really lucky.
1: Let's hope you bring that lockdown to Adelaide and we can avoid the, the lockdown that we had recently here and hopefully we don't get get any more of that. Um, speaking of Adelaide, um, how excited are you to sign a full full NBL contract and, and to do it with the 36ers?
5: Uh, yeah, first and foremost, uh, you know the Thirty Six is a is a great organization. Um, you know, it's something I've always been looking at uh, the past few years um, to hopefully find there. And you know, I'm I'm glad I, I finally got the that opportunity. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming down. I, I have a little bit of a um, of knowledge of just the just just the area in um, Glen Ellic. I stayed there for a couple of weeks. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really looking forward to coming back and, and visiting those places again. But uh, yeah, I was just really excited, man. Um, the fans, the fans seem like very you know diehard fans, uh, hardcore for their for their team. So looking forward to having that backing and meeting the new guys and the, and the coaching staff.
1: Yeah, as, as long as you're performing well, they'll get get right behind you. They, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a great fan base, as you as you know. Jeff um, Jeff Van, <laughs> Van Groningen obviously had a had a lot to do to do with your your signing. You'd previously had a bit to do with him, I think, at the Kings as well when you spent some some time there. Um, how grateful are you that he came calling to, to offer you offer you a deal?
5: Yeah, man, it's, man, I tell, I, every time I speak to him, man, all I can I like say is thank you. You know. Um uh, you know uh, it, this opportunity is, is something that it, it means so much more than just me. Um, it means It means a lot more than, than just a contract. Uh, a lot of people are looking, at, uh, a lot of kids are looking up to me from back home, and a lot of people are really putting work to get me to, to the place I'm at now. So it's really a thank you to all those people also. And and um, I'm for sure okay, I, I can't let anyone down. You know, coming into the season, so yeah, just really looking forward to it, man. But uh, yeah, like Jeff, Jeff, uh, me and Jeff known each other for for a few years few years now um, when I came out when I, when I went um, when I decided to go pro in 2016 uh, we met shortly after that and yeah I think he was at the Kings at that time he was trying to get me there so yeah I'm just finally happy we got it done here at Adelaide you know he's um, just been really good to work with and he's uh, just communicated with me so well over the years so it's, yeah it's been great
1: like you said, you decided to go pro in two thousand and sixteen, and now we're in two thousand and twenty one, and you've signed your first NBL contract. Um, how, how hard have you had to work to get this opportunity, and and how much does it does it mean to you?
5: Oh man, I mean, it, it took a lot of work. You know, uh, you know, I had to travel around the world almost to get this contract. Um, you know, I dealt with injuries. Um, you know, so that set me back a little bit, but. You know it was all worth it, um, mm-hmm. honestly, and I know I know it'll be worth it after the end of the season. Um, it's, you know, I've always wanted to play in Australia, uh, especially at the top league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always I always believed that I belonged here, so yeah, just happy happy I got it done. And um, uh, but yeah, it took a lot of work, took a lot of traveling, um, taking care of my body. I had to become more of a professional, yep. um, eating right, sleeping right, all that stuff. And uh, this year, it all just came together, playing in the NBL one NBL one uh, season here in in north uh, up north, and uh, yeah, it just worked out. Perfectly, perfect timing. I've just been doing good, haven't been dealing with any issues uh, injury-wise, and yeah, so just playing the best best basketball I've, I've, I've had in in a while. Do
1: you feel like you're at your sort of peak right now? As you said, you've had a lot of injury troubles, but do you feel like you're over those, and also, you know, you've got your body right and having a look at the way you're performing in the NBL. One, you're playing playing well, even though it's been a long wait. Do you feel like now that you're getting this NBL chance, you're doing it while you're Probably at the best you've ever, ever have ever been physically and in terms of y- your game.
5: Oh, not 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 to jinx myself in anything. I, <laughs> think, I, I, think I, have, I think I have a lot more in the tank to to show and to give, man. You know what? What better place than the NBL to to show that show that off this year? So uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I feel great. I feel like there's so much more I can do. I still feel like there are things I'm not really showing off here. Um, uh, playing at, playing here at in the NBL one North. But uh I think, you know, with the opportunity they'll have up at Adelaide it'll be a lot different. Um so yeah, yeah, hopefully hopefully, you know, I look I look a bit better in, in my full form.
1: What can we expect to see? You know, for, for some of the fans that haven't seen seen you play at all, what what can they expect to see from you out on the court?
5: Uh a bit of everything, but I will say this, you'll see uh, a lot of exciting stuff. That's uh fantastic. dunks, locks, uh threes, uh just a bit of everything. Yeah.
1: I think if any Adelaide fans listening they'll be instantly excited by that. Um, how excited are, are you by the team that you're getting to join? If you have a look at, at the front court you'll get to spend some time along alongside doesn't get much better than, than DJ and Isaac Humphries. Um, I'm sure you're looking forward to teaming up with with, with those two.
5: Oh, yeah, it's, it's man, it's the team, you know, the coaches and the organization put together. It's just going to be really exciting. Uh, I'm familiar with a couple of guys already, Mitch McCann, Sunday Dutch also. So, playing with those two guys at both leagues, and uh, it's just, it's just going to be fun. It's going to make basketball really fun. It uh, looks like we're going to be sharing the ball a lot, and it's just going to it's going to be really fluid um, from what it looks like. But uh, it looks like, you know, also adding Kai Soto, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, seven foot plus big yeah. man and do a bit of everything. Yeah, I think the fans are really going to be more excited about about the season than we are, honestly, because yeah, it just looks like it's just going to be a whole lot of fun.
1: It's not too often you would have come up against somebody that's almost six in six, six inches taller than you, like like will be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. He's, he'll, he'll be a big guy. He'll be a big guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, something I have to get used to. <laughs>
1: um, I, I noticed you spent a lot of time playing. For your national team with with South Sudan as well, and that obviously means a lot a lot to you. And I've had a favorite to do with Madiang Moro, who's who's joined the national team right right now. How much has it meant to you to represent your country and help help put them on the bus map as well?
5: Yeah, it's it's meant the world to me, uh, especially just just being able to represent uh, you know my home country um, South Sudan um, uh, alongside some of the guys that I call you know my brothers uh, Kwani uh, Kwani Masiangtani Dang. Uh, Ball back uh, and a few other guys to list. Um, they all became our brothers. We all became brothers um, playing in this uh, tournament. You know, going up against other African countries um, and just giving it our all with, without you know the country's country's name on our chest. And it's meant the world, uh, honestly. And especially having uh, Luol Dang backing us and helping yeah. us. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's meant a lot. Uh, especially missing out missing out on this um, due to. You know, signing with the Adelaide thirty sixes, um that you know, I'm supposed to be over there right now with them, uh, preparing for the Afro basket, which is the biggest tournament that we could yeah. play that we'd play in. And so missing out on that, you know, kinda of sucks, but I understand it's uh you know, for a big cause here, um and for the you know, for for the Adelaide thirty sixes and you it, know help my career coming into the NBL a lot smoother.
1: Yeah, I was, but, to, um, I was going to check in on you about that because Matty Yang has left his his NBL one West season a little bit early to go and join join yeah. join the team for that. But it, obviously, you've got probably not so much bigger fish to fry, but you've got to focus on the start of your professional career, I guess. I guess right now. Yeah,
5: yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, speaking to some of the guys about it, you know, it, it, it was it was tough to to let them know, and, you know, I couldn't make it this time because we've been to probably four or five tournaments together now. And it's just been, yeah, it's been a roller coaster, you know, wins and losses, um, playing in different countries, um, just the emotion and passion we all feel when we play together. Um, me missing out on that this time, it will probably hurt me a bit. But yeah, I know they're going to do well anyway, and uh, they'll get us the wins that we need.
1: I'm sure uh, I'll be watching them closely.
5: 100%, 100% checked in, tuned in all the time.
1: <laughs> um- Looks like you're having a lot of fun playing on that Mackay team in the NBL1 North competition as well. And just having a look at, at last weekend, Harry Froling put up 40 points. And, you know, it's great to see Chris Cedar still playing, playing some good yeah. basketball. Um, how, how keen are you to try to finish this season off as strongly as you can before you get to Adelaide?
5: Oh, yeah, uh, definitely keen. Um, Yeah, having those guys, having guys like that, Harry and Chris, they're just, you know, so offensively gifted Um. You know anyone? Anyone can go off any night when we play. So it's it's really yeah, it's really exciting playing with those guys. Um, and I know the fans love it here too. Get a bit of everything from all of us. Um, and then me and Harry playing that four or five position uh, interchangeable. uh just makes things interesting for teams. Uh, makes it a bit of a hard uh, matchup. Um, but uh, you know we we just lost uh, Harry. I don't know if you know that, but uh, we just lost Harry. He's headed over to Illawarra yeah. for the uh, yeah for training. Uh, hopefully we can get him back um, if um, if the COVID COVID isn't yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah, but it's it's been fun, and hopefully we can um you know get these next few wins and get into the championship grand final pretty soon. Is your uh, plan to stay there
1: until the the finals are done, or will you need to get to Adelaide before that? Do you think?
5: Well, right now I'm not sure for like for sure what's going on. I think I'll find out by Friday. But the plan was to initially come in for training and then come over here for the weekends for the games. So. That works out that'll be great yeah
1: the problem is we just don't know do we because of covid you might get you might get stuck in in wherever you go you might not be able to travel so it's just a it's just a lot of unknowns right now it's a it's a strange old old world we're yeah. living in
5: yeah it is strange yeah a lot of people stuck in so many different states and i feel for them you know I've, I've been trying to go back to melbourne uh for a few weeks now it just hasn't been working out yeah. you know covid and yeah so yeah have been able to stuck it out and and yeah
1: yeah, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, you spent a lot of your life growing up in up in Melbourne, and I'm sure your initial plan was to get back home and see some family and <laughs> friends before you headed to Adelaide full time. But it's probably not yeah. going to work out quite quite like that, is it?
5: Yeah, yeah, probably not. Man. But you know, hopefully, I get a chance during the season, and you know, get a couple of minutes to spend with my family. But yeah, it's, yeah, that's that's how it's been, man. It's the price you pay for you know playing basketball, and
1: yeah. <laughs> um, one of my good mates for a long time now has been Alex Loudon, and I noticed you shared the court with him last weekend. The old fella probably didn't shoot the ball that great, but but I have to ask you, how's he looking out there? Is he still is he still holding his own?
5: Oh yeah, he definitely is. Man. He's a big body. He's an NBA NBA vet, so he knows he knows you know he knows all the tricks and tricks to to get his shots, to get his get his points. <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely looking uh looking in season form right now. So he gave us a bit of a problem. He's caught a bit. Uh, that last game, um, he knew he had to pick up a bit because of uh, um, you know Majuk and, and Jeric got injured that game, so yeah, so he came in pretty hot. So it was good playing up against him. Big body, strong, uh, very very talented. So he still shoots it from a bit from outside and inside. So yeah, a bit of a tough cover man, but it was, yeah, it's always fun playing against <laughs> him.
1: Has he still got his fist pump every time he makes a shot? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I guess just finally, now that you've signed an NBL contract and you've been waiting your whole life for this, what are you what are you most looking forward to about it? What are you looking forward to once you get once you get to Adelaide? What are you what are you most excited about?
5: Yeah, honestly, um, just being a part of a system, being a part of a team, a family. Um, I don't think I've ever had that. I've I've had so many short stints since I've been pro, um, playing in so many different countries. I'd be there for less than a month, two months, three months at a time. You know, I'm just happy I have somewhere I can go to and just commit to for a whole season, six, you know, whatever, how many months it is. Uh, just a whole season, go through a system, training, and all that, and, and just you know, prepare for a season. Uh, and I think I think it'll help me because you know, you know, I'd be there from the start to finish, and it's not like a short stint type thing. It's just you know, you're there, you grind it out, you finish it, and you complete it, and yeah, just really looking forward to having you know having that type of fun with the guys. Um, I'll, all the players on the team. are very excited, very looking look forward to play with all these guys. On um, uh, a few vets and a few um, young faces, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it'll be a good mixture of, of things. And um, I'm, I'm sure I can learn a bit, uh, a bit of everything from all those guys. And so, just to kind of get my experience, my NBA experience um, up, uh, you know, I think that coming to Adelaide is probably the, the best, yeah, best place to do that right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, j- just to finish off with, I have to ask, ask you this because Scotty Ninnis is my co-host on the show and obviously he's very close to, to Brett Maher and, and those those two are running a lot of the, the school clinics and the, the camps and everything for the club right now. So once yep. you get to Adelaide, you'll get to know them pretty quickly. Um, yep. you, know, you would know a little bit about their history as, as players. Out of the two, who would you be most looking forward to trying to to pick the brain off once you, you get there?
5: Uh, of the players or the coaches?
1: Uh, just out of Scotty, and Brett, Ma. Out of those two, who would you be most excited to to get to know? Uh,
5: I don't know them. Uh, I don't know them that well right yeah. now, yeah. so I can't ask that question. But I've heard a bit about Scott, and I you know, like to meet him a bit and uh, get to know him a little bit more. So.
1: If you if you if you if you let Scott, if you let Scott just sort of take care of the wine tours for you, and let Brett Brett teach you how to <laughs> shoot, then I think you, you should be you should be okay.
5: All uh, right, there you go. You have answered my question. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Manny, uh, it was great to catch up with you. I think we're all looking forward to seeing seeing you once you get to Adelaide and seeing what you can bring to us, and I think we're even more excited now after we've, we've had the chance to hear from you. So thanks very much for joining joining us, and good luck for the rest of your season up there in up in North Queensland, and see you when you get to Adelaide.
5: Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me. Thank okay. you.
1: Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Innes. Um, Really hope you enjoyed hearing from two of the new recruits for the 36ers for this season. Firstly, Tad Duffelmeyer and then secondly, Manny Marlow. We look forward to seeing them in person very shortly. Let's wrap things up here this, this week, Scott, on the show. And last season, we ran a competition where one of our lucky listeners would win a premium wine tours tour for four. And we decided at the end of that that the best way to pick a winner was for them to put forward their case, and then you choose who has the best has the best story. So one of these lucky listeners will win a tour for four, thanks to Premium One Tours with you, Scott. And it's going to be tough because there's some some very very good options here for you to choose from. There's some people that think it'll change their lives; that it'll, <laughs> it'll be a, li- a once in a lifetime experience, and they they have made a good case. So let's that, run through them. First of all, I'll start with with Tim Eckert. Well, I'd love to win this prize so that I can get driven around the wineries by the great Scotty Ninnis. I reckon I deserve it because normally I have to drive everyone else around our great wine regions and can never join in. you know Tim? Have you come across him?
6: I do too. He uh, works for one of my competitors. So, uh, wow, there we go. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a good lad and uh, been doing tours for uh, many, many years. So uh, he's a good lad.
1: All right. So well, right now he's coming first, isn't he?
6: <laughs> 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 well,
1: yeah. Okay, next we've got Melinda Decono And she and she says I would love to win this prize and catch up with Scotty Ninnis A true 36ers legend Have been part of the Sixers family for as long as I can remember I love and appreciate wineries in our Barossa region Okay, so she's, she's put forward a case Next Pretty up good. we've got good. Yeah, We've got Chantel Jacobs like the MVP DJ, as I continue to age, I get I get better. Similar to the the fine wines on the on a premium wine tour with the gotten Scott Ninnis, would love the opportunity to taste some of those wines with the only member of every Sixers championship and talk basketball as well. Would be the perfect day. She's hit all your all of your
3: all of your, yeah, your soft bad. spots there, hasn't she? Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Stephen Wormald. And he says, I'd love to win the prize, Scotty. I promised that I wouldn't bring along Paul Bell, but I promise I'll bring along the infamous Neil Page. You know? <laughs> those,
6: uh, those boys, I reckon.
1: <laughs> now, our last one, The Fresh Prince of Lincoln. And he he says to start off, I'm a big fan of the Sixers, loved watching them all all year despite The losses. I would love to win this as I need something to cheer me up. I've just paid for my car to be fixed to only have it break down completely um, on me this week. I am still couch surfing with my mum's friend waiting for my house to be finished despite the builder saying it would be done in February and to top top it off, this this week's news I may have blown out my ACL for a second time so I would love this to take my mind off a terrible week that I've been having Go 36 um, I thought I was having a bad, uh, bad, bad, bad Yeah. <laughs> I um,
6: thought I had the bad. I uh, was pulling a few and a half there. But it was. It
1: seems yeah. a little bit I'm too hard the to believe, to be honest. Well, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you, you do wonder if someone can have that much bad luck all at once, don't you? So, Correct. So there yeah. we go. So, so we've got Tim, Melinda, Chantel, Stephen, Paul, oh, sorry, Stephen, and then the Fresh Prince of Lincoln. And L- of L- Clark, who do you think Scott? Oh,
6: uh, let's, uh, let's go with Melinda.
1: <laughs> Melinda, there we go. She she just kept it kept it simple, didn't quite go too far over the top. So Melinda DeCono, you have now got in your possession a voucher for a for a tour for four with the premium wine tours we'll put you in touch with scott you can work out the details and hopefully the three people you take along with you aren't aren't probably along the the lines of a paul bell or a neil page by the sound of it scott <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to melinda and, and thanks to you for scott as well for being willing to put that put that on the line because as you've touched on it's not a cheap prize and right now any money you can make in your business is is um is pretty valuable, but for the sake of our lucky listeners we, we put that on the line and yeah, thanks thanks for everyone for tuning in.
6: Absolutely. No, I mean, we do. We, we appreciate that. we appreciate obviously you know, the sponsors that have been with us and uh yeah, we look forward to uh I guess a, a long, uh long and successful uh podcast, hopefully.
1: That's the aim. So, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, now, this has been a big show. Thanks to the, the two new, new faces that caught up with us. And, and, Scott, there was a lot to get through with the coaching news. So, this is a big show. Next episode, we hope to be a lot closer to having a new head coach or indeed being able to speak to the new head coach of the Adelaide 36ers. So, we'll, we'll stay tuned for that. Um, thanks again to all of our sponsors, of course, Premium Wine Tours. Thanks to Sports Card World. Thank you to All Star Photos. And, of course, Thank you to Australian Mitsubishi. Um, We hope to have you all back on board for this coming season as well, which is getting closer. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off and leave you with the wise words of the one and only Scott Ninnis. Yeah, I'm not sure how wise they are at the moment, mate,
6: but it's it's always good fun uh, having a chat, and thank you to you and all the effort you put in, and um, yeah, we look forward to uh, what the next couple of weeks uh, brings. It's going to be very exciting.